What's up, everyone? Welcome into the Flex Fantasy Network. I'm Dylan here with my co-hosts Cameron and Ian. So week two is in the books. We're going to run through it, talk about each matchup and just our biggest takeaways from the week. So how'd you guys do this week? It was definitely an improvement over week one. I got absolutely sure. slaughtered in week one. Absolutely. It, it seemed, seemed like a little bit of sanity uh, was restored, at least at least in my uh, like personal matchups. It seemed like week one was like, just, it seemed to be rough for like everybody. Like anyone that had like good I know. takes over the off season, like it just, it was a fluky type of week. A lot of guys that should have performed didn't. And uh, yeah, it just broke a lot of hearts, but. What's crazy is that like in any, in any given week, something like 50% of people are out there winning their matchups. But whenever it's a week where you're just losing everything, it doesn't even seem possible. Like, how is anybody winning? And you're like, who do you guys have on your team? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. But, no, this week was wild, too, and just continues to be the year of the wide receiver to start, at least. And, and we'll talk a little bit more about that. But definitely make sure to like and subscribe. You know, let us know how you guys are doing right now, what your biggest takeaways from week two are. But let's just get right into it. We're going to just roll through each game. And then, you know, when something important comes up, you know, we'll – get into what we're taking away from each game but uh we had an episode since then but the chargers chiefs were on thursday night um i'm sure for you guys the biggest takeaway is clyde edwards hilaire actually <laughs> producing for fans. the clydesdale <laughs> i i was i was i was guffawing i was loling when we were having those uh those back and the forth in the group chat with the yeah. and you sent that gif with the actual Clydesdale horse like bending down. <laughs> he's a workhorse. Look, I, I dude, he's but not really good. though, but not really. He's definitely moved up for me, but like I want to say, like, take it with a bit of a grain of salt. He's literally literally uh McKinnon has more snaps than him through two weeks. And I yeah, know the snaps it the, looks like they're like bringing guys in to give him a breather and stuff. I think it's like it's like 65% opportunity share for him uh through two weeks. But I, I mean, like, despite all the memeing and stuff that we did uh, in uh, like the group chat, he's a guy that I would be looking to sell. I think I looked at his uh, I think so. expectation, um, and because of those two touchdowns, and he's not, and he's he's still not getting goal line work, which is which is rough. Um, so he's a guy that I would be looking to sell if somebody's buying him as like an RB one. There may be some uh, like residual CEH Chiefs hype out there that you can exploit. I think so. He's, he was just really efficient last week. Too. I mean, only 12 opportunities. I, yeah. and I, I mean, and I do think that it's going to continue that he's going to get in that like 15 or so opportunity range on the Chiefs, which is like really good. So if there's not a buyer that's looking to buy as an RB1, he's a guy that I'd be happy to keep. But I would at least look and see if I can do Clyde plus something to upgrade to like Dalvin Cook or something who's been struggling through two weeks. I see him as like a as like a top twenty guy, but yeah, the yeah. Chiefs are just one of those offenses where you could potentially have a situation where someone sees him as a top twelve or top, you know, ten guy just because of the offense he's attached. Yeah, to. I think he's I think he's tenth at RB so far through two weeks. So someone might just like in any given league, there's probably just at least a couple of dudes that just literally look at whoever's leading the scoring on the on the year and like, mm -hmm. okay, yeah, I'll make this deal. Also, I mean, the Chargers continue to be good. Mike Williams had a big game, but Juju had a stinker of a game there. Three catches for 10 yards. So I just, I think this is what I expected from the wide receiver room. It's just going to kind of be a, a rotation um, in terms of who performs well each and every given week. I mean, really none of their wide receivers did anything outside of 
Justin Watson, right, this past week. So it's yeah, a little bit of a mess there. Yeah. 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 And this is what this is what uh, Pat Mahomes has said uh, consistently leading up to the season and then now multiple times in the early part of the season is it's just going to be somebody different every every week. We hope eventually – that 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 somebody different can be a uh, sky more and we'll talk about the rookie receivers later but so far so far somebody different means everybody but sky more it's let's get into what we really want to talk about here though first on the one o'clock slate miami baltimore do a crazy game but really one of my takeaways from the week is i really think mike mcdaniel is for real and i think this is a fantasy a team for fantasy that's here to stay at least uh tyree hill and jalen waddle um, I'm very confident right now you have two top 15 wide receivers on the year. Huge target shares, both of them, you know, ranging up to close to 30%. Tyreek is 30. Waddle was like at 28.9%. And, you know, they're scoring touchdowns and they're throwing the ball a lot, even when they were in neutral game scripts in week one. So it's just the recipe for a lot of fantasy success. I think this game was a little fluky, but I still expect the production. A little. <laughs> Yeah, so yeah, that's the thing for me is that uh, it's going to be hard. Like, I can't – the truth is somewhere between what we saw week one and week two, right? Yeah. Um, or And, you know, like, you're going to have games that are going to be – you're going to have – you're going to have games that are going to be even worse than week one, I think, still. Um, Everyone. Like, you're right, right, right. And it's, and it's hard to take away too much from a game like this where, like, I didn't – I didn't actually watch the game, but Ian, like, how 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 quickly did they go down like three oh, scores? Dude, was well, it, the Ravens house right the opening, away. The Ravens house the opening kickoff. Yeah, they got down and three then, scores like early in the second quarter. Then they were trailing for a while, and then they just lit it up. We're just bombing it. Third bombing quarter it over and over. Yeah. Um, so like for me, it's still going to be tough. Like I I even in the best case scenario did didn't see Tua as a quarterback capable of even doing this kind of thing but it turns out when you when you add uh like uh, like, uh probably like the most impactful single offensive player in the nfl to your team things happen for you so mm-hmm. uh so i do think um i do expect the offense to be better than what we saw last year certainly uh and i'm excited to see going forward like in the next couple of weeks what they look like particularly in the game against the bills that'll be a i think a real test to see where they're at so yeah. So there's there's a lot of football games played every year, and there's been a lot of football games over the course of time. There's tons of outliers every season. You can point to certain games or certain players overperform and outproduce by a lot. But even still, there's only I think there's there's five quarterbacks or there's six quarterbacks in NFL history to put up 450 and six. It's Peyton Manning. Ben Roethlisberger, Patrick Mahomes, um, and Tua. <laughs> Tua, Tua. So Tua is the Hall one, of Famer. There was one other one. No, no, no. I think it was. Get the gold uh, jacket out. I think it was. Um, well, I'm flubbing on this stat. I read it yesterday. But right. my point is, Tom Brady or it, my, my point, is, yeah, it's like one of those guys. But the point, Andrew Luck. It's Andrew Luck. The point is, like, there's a lot of crazy games for bad players who go bananas. Mm-hmm. None of them go that bananas. No. There's some there, like that's like to a different level where only the elite that is that's a ceiling that only elite 
quarterbacks have shown over their multi multi-year careers. So, you know, I'm not saying he's in, entered into a tier with them off of one game. I'm just throwing that out because I think it's an interesting, <laughs> I think it's an interesting statistic. As far as the situation goes, I mean, uh, you know, he, he, it's it's impossible not to look at Tyreek Hill as an elite option at this point. You know, we had we had pushed him down to you know the bottom range of the WR one category for the most part. Mm-hmm. Uh, I see him being top five, uh, probably now. I, think, I mean, I think that that might have been my maybe the best call I made in the offseason was that not to fade Tyreek Hill. I really, I don't think it's going to get a hell the of a talent. Lot. The talent rang true. Jalen Waddle. I mean, the dude got 19 targets. I know they were boat raced. I know they passed a lot, but like like you were pointing out last week, even in a neutral game script, they're still passing. And so, if you can expect a pass heavy game script. And the target funnel to be that narrow right. and that decisive. I mean, you. It... That's what's encouraging about it is that is that we saw at least in week one, and I talked about this in week one that, that the Dolphins uh, were going to pass like regardless of the situation. It seemed like at least at least in week one, right? That's only a that's only a sample of one game. Right. Maybe that like maybe that was a game plan thing they had for that particular defense. Like these head coaches, they have all offseason to prepare for week one. So maybe they saw something we don't know. Um, and that's sort of my point. I think that you do have to consider the ceiling for all of these guys to be higher than whatever you thought it was going into the year. If, if, if for no other reason than like the yearly finish is going to be higher because you had an outlier game like this. Right. Um, but I think you, you can't, it's, it's tough for me to make um, strong statements about a two game sample. Um, but but I, I still, yeah, like I think that I think that that Tyreek is going to be involved. I think I think what this tells us through two weeks is that Tyreek is going to be involved regardless of what the situation is. Yeah, but I mean, to me, it's like the system is in place there, and all the pieces are in place for for me to make that call at least. I don't know if Tua is, you know, the next uh, Andrew Luck here or nothing, but he can be. He can perform really well in this system here. I'm promising uh, about you know McDaniel. And you got two elite wide receivers. Like the history will will show us that even with Jalen Waddle, what he did in his rookie season is, you know, just nothing but an indication that he actually is an elite, elite wide receiver. Obviously, Tyreek Hill has been that forever. So I'm not expecting 40 points from each of them every single week, obviously, but very few teams are even capable of doing something like this. None of them are. No team is capable of doing that. Maybe even, no team even- is capable. Yeah. Even like the Bengals, I don't think that I don't think those players have enough. Like, like you have to be like game breakingly fast to take to get two players to two hundred yards and two touchdowns. But, yeah, well, I mean, it's never happened in the history of the NFL that, that like that like two that two wideouts on the same team in the same game have gone over one hundred and fifty with two touchdowns. Like that's literally never happened. We, we did see it's an we saw of a game. We saw a top six season out of Alex Smith when he first went into that Andy Reid system. That's what I'm saying. So, and yeah, I'm, this is what I'm, I'm saying. yeah, this is my question about Tua. Like, do you guys think that he's a uh, QB one excluding uh, this game? Going that was forward? the question I was about to ask I you. I, I think no. yeah, I would probably put him around QB twelve or so. Yeah. I'm not. I'm. I'm. De- I mean, how could you I not? I don't. I don't think that I'm ready to do that yet. Okay. I mean, I, mean, I had him as my QB to say that to start the season, so I was already much higher. Yeah, like to me to say Trey that is, it just. Well, yeah, I like, think he yeah, goes above some of out. Yeah, Trey Lance is out, but like to me to say that it 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 just too heavily weights like the last game that we saw because we have like 
two years now of watching Tua, and I and I understand that there's like a new weapon there, and that and that and that does make a lot of difference. Yeah. Uh, I just can't I can't quite get him there yet. Like maybe like QB fourteen something like that, like just outside. That makes two of the biggest riser in your rankings, if I remember correctly, because I'm pretty sure you had him in the like, mid twenties. Yeah, I think it was like 18. I'll have to go. Yeah, like, he moved him up a little bit because we talked him into it, but. <laughs> no, I'd done the math wrong. <laughs> oh, <laughs> something happened, I remember. But and then anyway, and then Lamar Jackson obviously also had a massive game. He's a beast. There's not really much need to talk. The running game, the running game is what I'm interested in, though. Like we went we went from seeing Chase Edmonds that like you broke down the usage in week one, having like an elite usage pattern, like everything that you wanted. You like he didn't he didn't really turn in on it for fantasy, but like everything that you wanted is there, and like he was a guy that you could get uh, like excited about going forward. Like you were excited to have Chase Edmonds, and then he goes from that to just like barely being involved at all it flipped to Raheem Moster and he got the work so I think it's basically a 50-50 split here and it's going to be really tough to find out which guy to play next week against Buffalo I probably would play Edmonds because I think they'll be playing from behind and he'll stay out on the field to catch passes more so but I know it's going to be it's actually going to be a headache of a backfield I mean they were playing from behind like crazy this week (laughs) Yeah, I know. Like, I Chase don't want to play any of them. Yeah, like Chase Edmonds and Mostert uh, split the passing game work in week two, so they both ran an equal number of routes. And this was this was a game script that going into it, like you were saying, and you you figured would would favor Edmonds and that he'd be running like exclusively the passing game routes. Yeah, or at least like I think he had something like six, like seventy percent of them. In I don't want to. I don't want to play either of these guys. I think they're both firmly on the bench until further, until further notice. notice. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. I agree. It's, rough, it's rough for Edmonds. And then uh, let's go on to the Jets-Browns here. Jets, another come-from-behind win late in the game. And the biggest takeaway is clearly uh, Garrett Wilson. Being Garrett Wilson, man, definitely. I mean, we were talking about before the show, like, for me, I'm clearly putting Garrett Wilson ahead of Elijah Moore now in Dynasty rankings. Uh, I just I've, – I've seen enough now. When, when your first two games in the NFL, you come out and do this, I think the guy is is just an elite player. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, uh, I'm 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 still high on like Elijah Moore. Uh, this is this to me is uh, surprising though. Like given the strength of prospect that Elijah Moore was and what we saw him doing in his uh, like rookie year when he was when he was actually uh, uh, healthy, like he had that five week stretch where he was a top five fantasy wide receiver, um, and then Wilson comes in and just immediately like this game he had 14 targets like just immediately is like the guy so um we'll have to see what happens when Zach Wilson gets back involved and all of that mm. but um uh I'm going to talk more about the rookie uh wideouts later but like his performance through two weeks is like I think for me you have no choice but to put him in like a like a top 12 dynasty wide receiver kind of from here on out range. too in redraft leagues I have him and I'm going to be playing him until further notice as well because him and London have just absolutely and smashed, London too. man. They have been – I mean, these are top 10 wide receiver draft picks. I mean, we should have expected really nothing else, I guess, or nothing less than that. Um, yeah. They've just come right into their teams. I didn't expect it to work out this quickly for Garrett Wilson, but I do think when Zach Wilson comes back, it might it's be – It's going to be interesting. It could be a downgrade to the passing game because for whatever, yeah. you know, whatever you want to say about Flacco, for fantasy purposes, the veteran quarterback can throw the ball. He's – He's been much better in the last two years for fantasy than Zach Wilson. He's putting, up, he's putting up like 350 passing yards a game right now. I mean, Zach Wilson 
does he have a single 350 yard game in his career? I don't think so. I don't know. Yeah. Was, uh, yeah. Flacco threw it 44 times in week two, he threw it 59 times in week one. So he's just been, yeah, he's just been bombing it. Like, I guess they've just been in comeback mode for both. For both another weeks. situation of a terrible defense as well. So that, those are the situations oh, that Lord. can yield some fantasy points, actually. But man, he's, he's got to be he's got to be close to leading the NFL in pass attempts right now. Yeah, man. In one of the ugliest games on the week, though, the Patriots beat the Pittsburgh Steelers at home. And it's just a second straight week where this Steelers offense looked like garbage. I mean, 168 yards for Trubisky, 15 carries, 49 yards for Najee. Everyone is disappointed, even Deontay Johnson, despite getting a pretty good target share the first two weeks. Uh, George Pickens just one catch this past week. So I don't know what you want to read into it, but I think it's clear to say that the Steelers fantasy-wise are worse off than they were last year. And maybe until we get to see Kenny Pickett finally, which could be sooner than later if this continues. Yeah, it was a it was a 10-target game for uh, like Deontay Johnson. And I saw... I saw a stat that I was sort of surprised by because I figured that there would be uh, like a few a few names that we're familiar with that would be at least at least close to him, uh, like in terms of this. But over the last since since 2000, he's had 25, 10 or more target games, and no other receiver even has 20. Like I figured at least like Cooper Cup would be in there or something like that, but he's just like lapping the field in terms of in terms of the ability to earn targets. So I do still think that there are better days ahead for him. Um, Rough to see Najee Harris. I think it, I think it's going to continue to be rough for him. Rough for everybody else in the passing game there in general. This we're is what to... we were worried about with Najee Harris, like to a T. Yeah. This is why when we were talking about preseason, you know, that running back tier, Najee was just at the back end of it because you didn't have to worry about this with Dalvin Cook and Joe Mixon and all these other guys. Austin yeah. there. Like you had to worry about the fact that this offense could be just one true. of the worst in the league. Yeah, Najee was literally a guy that like, I just was not drafting. Like sometimes it just doesn't even matter like what the value at ADP is. Like he was just, almost whatever, like a dead somebody he was almost like him. a dead zone running back going in the first round in a way. That's what we were like, saying. Oh, yeah, this guy's exactly. gonna get a bunch of volume, so he's gotta be yeah, good. Dot dot dot, right? Yeah, that was like our like tagline. Was it this guy that that this guy in like a lot of ways looks like a looks like a first round dead zone back? <laughs> I'm glad we faded him, especially right before the season, too. We had that episode. We said not and to then, <laughs> and then uh, you know as far as like their passing options I think you still roll with Deontay Johnson especially in a PPR because you know he's going to be fed uh absurd, but Friermuth has found a way in, in this tight end landscape you absolutely are happy with Friermuth because he's probably like a top oh, six yeah. or top seven guy I think he's yeah. tight end four on the year so far Claypool, but for Claypool and especially for Pickens you know I know you have a chart there talking about Pickens I mean he's He's out there for for what was his snap share? What was his snap share? I mean, I mean, he's out there on every on every passing play. So yeah, yeah. he's out there. He's yeah. running routes. It's just eighty five percent snap share this past week. Seventy one in week one. Yeah, he's a full time. He's a full time player. They can't sustain drives. They don't put up points. They don't sustain drives. So it's just it's very difficult for a rookie to you know say what you want but their defense also keeps them in games like the jets the jets are like down 20 every game so flacco's just flinging it willy-nilly and and that's why uh garrett wilson's had this opportunity to just showcase himself because they're just always in a, in a game script 
But the Steelers are like the worst case scenario. You have a rotten offense, but a competent to good defense that keeps the game the scores low. So they're they're in these games and they're not just throwing it willy nilly all yeah. around the all around the yard. That's so true, actually. But on the other side, Patriots running game more of the same. Nightmare, but nothing else, really nothing to say there. But man, Jacoby I, Myers, Jacoby Myers. We're I was gonna say mini about. victory for the show is Jacoby Myers' big game, major victory. Yeah, this I is mean, a dude that I talked about. I mean, ad nauseum, probably on like seven different shows yeah, in the have, off season. We had him as like our sleeper in like seven everything days. that I could have him as <laughs> dynasty <laughs> by sleeper everything. <laughs> Yeah, 13 targets in week two. 13 targets. Uh, I call on that one. All the okay. Devontae Parker people can just – are just – Yeah, where is just, this dude? They're swallowing no glass right no now. Catches. I mean, Nelson Aguilar had – Devontae Parker's yeah. toast. I don't even think that he wants to play football. Like, I think this is like a Kenny G situation. A you, know when, you know when the player gets treated in division, exactly what the team that's treating him thinks about him. <laughs> They're like – I mean, like, yeah, like they would only do that if it's like if it's like a uh, – Third-string like punter. If, like, if they'll make him, like, worse. Like, if they know that it's like a landmine. It's a landmine. It's, yeah. it's, a, it's a Trojan horse is what it it's is. Like, it's basic. like when you I – mean, Belichick only likes to trade for in-division players so he can tell, like, he can learn secrets. He gets from... a little secrets, yeah. That's, Belichick's like, all he sneaky. wanted him from. He didn't need no, him but to this play is, football. Like, this is, like, in fantasy where, like, maybe, like, you're heading into the playoffs and there's a guy that you know is just dead weight, but he has, uh, like, an attractive name, and you, like, drop him hoping somebody else will pick him up and they'll be, like, his problem after that. You know what I mean? Like, this is, like, this is the real-life football version of that. Yeah, right. Oh man, the Jaguars at Colts here. I'm or sorry, Jaguars. Wait, wait, just really home. quickly, really quickly before we move on, just from from the Patriots, just really quickly. When it comes to the running game, maybe you guys see it differently. It was really nice to have only two running backs getting carries. That was a nice change of pace. Yeah, I don't know if that's going to stick around, well, but that was it will it will until Ty Montgomery comes back. So I was watching closely for the game, and Stevenson was out there on most of the third downs, and if not all of them, but yeah, he only he got definitely. Time. It definitely still feels like Harris is the guy, though. That's yeah, that's, that's what sure, I that's sure. what I was gonna say. Sure, yeah, so in is. terms of so in terms of rushing snaps, you had it fifteen to fourteen. Uh, Harris and Stevenson, but Harris Harris got a handoff literally every single one of uh, his rushing snaps. So it was fifteen to nine handoffs, and then Stevenson I think doubled up Harris in terms of routes run. So yeah. we're so we're in week one. You had it. You, you had just like a chaotic split where everybody uh, was running routes. This time it was clearly Stevenson was the guy running routes. Harris was clearly the guy yeah. on the ground. I, I definitely noticed Stevenson was out there for like every third down. So that was promising to see, but I won't and play. And the guy on the goal line too uh, was uh, Harris. Was Harris, yeah. He typically is for them, the short yardage guy too. Yeah. So I I mean, they could become viable at, at this point. I don't know if I really want to play either of them, but I guess Harris would be the guy if I am starting one. Yeah, Harris I'm going to roll with. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Stevenson, I'll keep on the bench. Let me just see his snaps here. Actually, Stevenson actually played 62% of snaps to Harris's 40, so definitely yeah, dominating. He was, the yeah, he was in there on third down. Well, I, feel I, like- I remember yeah. they had the one goal line play where they were literally both in the backfield. I'm not sure if you guys saw that one. And they came out in like a wishbone where basically Harris and Stevenson were lined up like yes. side by side with each other, like, like Mickey Mouse. Yeah. And they just snapped the ball, and then you see Mac go. Uh, no, Harris. Yeah. That's when Harris got his touchdown. 
what I was like, what I was hoping you'd say is somehow like Pierre Strong that like, comes in off the top rope. Like <laughs> yeah, you just, you just, you just like, you just like don't even see him. At like the decoy, the like the, the yeah. decoy Baker play that they had him run yeah. or Manziel. Yeah. Right. Anyway, um, next game. Yeah, Colts Jaguars, dude. Is Matt Ryan just washed here? This was awful, atrocious Blue game. Out, man. Twenty-four, nothing. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Uh, I he needs focus. Michael Pittman. Yeah, yeah. yeah, right. He does. Ashton Doolin. It was good to see Ashton Doolin do something. Yeah. He's a guy I've been. He's a guy I've been holding in our main dynasty league for like a year and a half, hoping he would do something. And most of the time, these like deep stashes just you literally just never see them in a game. But and, he got out there. Like he might be the number two ahead of Alec Pierce going forward because he actually produced this week. Yeah, and it's not just and it's not just this week. Like in terms of um, uh, uh, targets per route run through the first two weeks, he's like a he's like a top five guy. So like he hasn't necessarily been getting like a large share of the snaps, but when he's out there, they've they've been making sure that they get the ball in his hands. And hopefully, hopefully they'll just make him like the guy going forward. That we'll see. Yeah, I think fluky yeah, bad game for Jonathan Taylor. He was actually really efficient, but only nine carries. You know, what you're are you doing? What are you <laughs> what a doing, bum, Jonathan Taylor? No, what are the Colts doing? Why? Why does Jonathan Taylor only have ten touches in a game with no Michael Pittman? I didn't I watch this game, just, so I don't know. But I imagine it was just all game script. Yeah, the, yeah, the Jaguars just went up on him quickly, and Naheem Hines was in there more than he was in. Week yeah, but it the, it finishes a three score game, so it couldn't have been that bad. Just uh, give the guy the ball; he's like the best running back in the league. They will learn from their lesson, though. But I feel like the more interesting story is the Jaguars actually the Jaguars playing sure. good for two weeks, and Christian Kirk. I mean, dude, we talked about Kirk. Now he wasn't, he's someone that no one really wanted to draft, but like he was a locked and loaded guarantee to like finish out, produce his ADP basically. And he's doing that and more through two weeks, at least. I think he's actually yeah, was, wide receiver one so far. It was. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think yeah, he's like wide receiver eight or something. It was, uh, it was Kirk and uh, Myers that we talked about as the two latest wide receiver ones for their teams that are going in uh, drafts this year. Right. And, uh, Dude, no, and he's um, absolutely delivering on that. Uh, Evan Ingram, see, yeah. eight targets in this yep. game. <laughs> yep. Yep. He's, no, he's and, becoming a viable tight end. Like, I'd much rather play him than Njoku, Komet, some of these other guys that we Komet, the, the freaking Bears pass the ball 11 times. <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly. I don't, like, I, I, don't think, like, I don't want a single bear. Like, yeah. get them away from me. Yeah, I don't, th- I don't think that uh, like Cole Komet has a single catch so far. Maybe. No, he doesn't. But, he doesn't have a single target, I don't think. Or maybe one target. The biggest story in this game for me, though, was uh, that this was this this was Trevor Lawrence's best game as a pro. Eighty-three percent completion percentage, two hundred thirty-five yards, two touchdowns, and just like this, like this is a game that I did watch, and I I watched a lot of uh, Jags games last year to see uh, to watch Lawrence, see how he looked, and I I watched both of them this year to see how he looks, see how Etn looks, Um, and he just looked like he's taken a step forward. Like it looked like a competent offense and a guy who's confident in what they have installed, knows how to run it. Everything, everything was coming out on time. Everything was smooth. Anything they wanted to do in the passing game, they got done. Dude, he had a near flawless game in terms of like QB rating, 25 mm-hmm. of 30 for 235 yards. The, the, the concern here for me, man, is when Jacksonville goes up, that it becomes the James Robinson show. And, really was all about him over Travis Etienne, which one of the more frustrating uh, takeaways I've had from the beginning of this season that Trevor uh, Travis Etienne just doesn't have the role that I envisioned for him. Yeah, he still he still has the long down and distance role, 
but yeah, the snap, the 28 to 10. Got uh, carried 23 to nine there. 23 to nine. Yeah, I think that I think that this also tells us that James Robinson is uh, like definitively, at least at this point, the like grinder back, the like the closer back. That if that if they go up, they're just going to feature James Robinson, and they're he's going to be the guy that they that they trust. To just, I mean. Like, the they have away. they have six games in this division, guys. You know, so you have to take that into account. They get two games against Tennessee, who looks like completely complete trash. They have two games against the Texans. They have two games against the Colts. If if the Colts are as bad as they seem to be through two weeks, James Robinson's going to have a lot of work this year. Like that's. I think uh, I'm slowly we, accepting. I know Cameron and I, and even Ian, we're all huge ETN guys, but. I'm slowly accepting that I might just have to take the L on this season. Like he'll have his good weeks, but he's not even someone that like you necessarily have to start on a weekly basis. After yeah, I was. He's I was basically way, Tony Pollard. Yeah, I was. I was. I was way in on Travis Etienne all off season until the very end, where we learned, oh, oh my God, James Robinson is totally healthy. He's gonna start week one, and that's yeah. when I started to get a little bit worried. Like, right. okay, because we're not gonna have enough time to drive the ADP down was Mm -hmm. like, was my thought. So like, I think that, I think that if like that had been announced and we had known that like three weeks to go instead of literally like five days to go that Travis Etienne would have ended up fourth round, like mid, mid fourth, late fourth, something like that. He was still going like mid third. And to me towards like, towards like the end of the off season, that was uh, like, pretty rough i still do think that there are better days ahead i still do, uh, I do like, believe I agree, in the talent. But, but i see this the floor on a weekly basis is a lot lower than i yeah, would like. yeah for sure yeah and then you got the the giants coming out two and oh beating the panthers who are now oh and two and man for the giants it's like okay saquon barkley continues to be extremely involved but you don't really want to start any of their wide receivers uh the bigger thing for me here with the panthers is that baker mayfield might not actually be an upgrade over Sam yeah, Darnold. Yeah, yeah. He was <laughs> atrocious in this game. I actually watched it. It's so bad. I mean, he completed <laughs> under 50% of his passes here, and it's not good for DJ Moore, even though he scored a touchdown in this one. It hasn't been a good st- a start in terms of targets and air yards for him. Yeah, and the same thing is happening. Like, this has been a thing that Baker's done, like, his entire uh, – uh, like, I don't know I don't know why he's like this, but, like, he's not a quarterback that it seems like wants to feature – whoever like the best option in the passing game is like he famously didn't feature OBJ, you know, like we had the tape from OBJ's dad with right. uh, like REM in the background where he just wide open all the time. That guy immediately leaves, goes to the Rams and it's awesome. Like he's just as good as he ever was. Uh, and now, it, I mean, at least in, in this game, DJ Moore was featured a little bit more like in week one, we saw Robbie Anderson, like looking like the leader here. Uh, and I expected that to sort of not, not be the case going forward. But uh, yeah, DJ Moore at least led in the targets, led in routes run, uh, like at the touchdown, like you said. But yeah, I'm a little concerned as well. Dude, even who do you guys uh, want? Who do you guys want rest of season right now between Saquon and CMC? Saquon. <sighs> Saquon over CMC. I think so. Yeah. Boy, Ben, I. They're like both top three guys, top four guys for me now. Yeah, it's it's I, dude, it's, but, it's splitting hairs. This is a little. But bit, if you um, could choose, blank check, just I'll like take as one to your team. I'll take Saquon CMC. But I think man, I, I still, I think I still lean CMC, but that gap is evaporating. I wanted to say though, dude, 
14 and 15 points to start out this year in full PPR leagues. You realize it's been like four years since he's had that bad of a game. <laughs> like, even though I know he, he spent a lot of time hurt, his ceiling, I mean, his floor was like 22 points in PPR leagues week in, week out. And so that floor, regardless of who was playing quarterback yeah. too, it's just crazy. It's still a good floor, of course, but it's a lot lower than what we used to see from CMC. Um, I'm sure the ceiling is going to be super high. They'll get him super involved and probably uh, the targets go up, but it's. Yeah, the just... usage has been like really good for both, obviously. It's been a little better for uh, Saquon, uh, just in terms of how involved he is in the passing game, how many routes he's running, things like that. Um, so it is, so it is like really, really close. Um, I think that Saquon has a little more explosivity. So you know what? Made a, you, I agree with you. I'll go Saquon. Actually, you made a good point that uh, that Matt or is it Matt Rule? Right, Matt Rule. You Rural, made a good point, uh, Cameron, that Matt Rule might be the betting would be the betting favorite if they had a prop for first coach fired. And he's I gone, was, man. I was yeah, watching some. Last. I was watching some uh, one uh, some uh, a film guy talk about this game and break it down from the Panthers' perspective, and he was just like absolutely floored at how incompetent this play calling was and how unprepared this team seemed like Dable, even though the the Panthers on paper are the better team I think over the Giants when you look at their weapons yeah, and, and the defense is good yeah the, but when the game is played Dayball has his people lined up and everything they, they had doing. less penalties he 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 seemed to know what he was doing his wide receiver room is just kind of crazy. It seems like he just kind of hates all of them. And so he's just going to make them all take turns in timeout. But you know. Yeah, no. And I talked about this a little bit in a, like week one, like Matt rule, like we already know that he completely changed his coaching philosophy in the off season. And that was at the behest of uh, the owner. Yeah. Like Panthers ownership. So like rule mm -hmm. is trying to learn on the fly right now. Like he's doing something that goes against what he wants to do naturally. Uh, and there's already tension with the ownership and the coach. So, like, I mean, I think, I mean, it could happen as soon as next week. Even. It was clear to me before the season started that he was going to get fired at some point, if not yeah. by the season. I did not expect them to be a good team. And they've given him, like, chance. To, I mean, they, they like, went after a quarterback now for him two years in a row. Like, not that these guys are great, right? Like, I, I think that most right. coaches would fail with these guys. But at least they've, like, I mean, they've made, like, good faith attempts with this. He isn't Geno Smith. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and in, in that division, Bucks beat the Saints here. They're 2-0 and now, but it's a whole new story here for Tom Brady and this offense. Leonard Fournette was very inefficient. The offense in general was. The pass attempts are down. I mean, he was playing this game with Brashad Perriman, Scotty Miller, Russell Gage, and, and Cameron Bray were his, like, top weapons here, especially when Mike Evans got ejected. So, I mean – yeah, <laughs> you might have been right about the preseason Brady take just with the wide receiver injuries, the O-line injuries. It might be too much for him to overcome. I do think when he finally gets a healthy Godwin, Julio, Evans, if that happens at some point soon, when there's going to be better, <laughs> better days ahead. At least give me yeah, Evans and Don't Godwin. hold your breath. I'm not going to be, I'm not going to count on Julio ever getting healthy again. Yeah, but, no. Yeah, I just want to like run through it uh, real quick. So uh, this is just comparing uh, the Bucks all of all of last year through the first two weeks this year it just in like just in various um, uh, passing game metrics so th all of or no, through through two weeks last year they had attempted 86 throws through two weeks and that was first in the NFL through two weeks this year they were attempted 61 at 21st in the NFL uh, the pace was first in the NFL last year through two weeks at 21st in the NFL 
Red zone attempts, 7.6 per game first in the NFL. Through two weeks, 2.5, 24th in the NFL. And then the, um, the, uh, the uh, O-line rating last year was first in the NFL, 93rd percent protection rate, 51.6%, 32nd dead last in the wow. NFL through, <laughs> through two weeks. So, so like it's, it's a night and day difference right now. And I think it's going to take some time to get sorted out. They're still a very good team, obviously. They're still finding ways to win over a Saints team that is, like, loaded, really. And um, big game for Chris Olave, too. A huge amount of air yards in this one, 13 targets. There, I mean, only actually five receptions on the 13 targets, but they were just going deep to him play after play, it seems. Winston trying to air it out. He had, he had the most air yards that, as far as I know, uh anyone's had in like the last at least at least recently like in the last 10 years or so he had he had he had 365 air yards i guess you could say that's, that's a crazy bad game if he only comes out with 80 yards after that <laughs> they were they were they were so close to connecting over and over again like yeah. what this means to me is that chris is like a chris alave explosion is gonna happen gonna sooner have, or later. Like I mean, he's gonna have like a 150 plus yard game. It was fun to see Jameis trying to be Jameis again. Three picks in the game. We might get a little <laughs> bit of both Jameis here for New Orleans, which is just gonna be good for the wide receivers at least. Right. He was just slinging it downfield. Michael Thomas is still getting it done. Michael so, Thomas still good. So like you know, it's always fun to like laugh and everything about Jameis, but. I don't think any of us realized that the dude was playing with a broken back until it's like announced the morning, uh, like Sunday morning before the games. It's like, oh, and by the way, Jameis is playing with five fractured, like, oh, like, was he? Final bones. Yeah, the dude's got five broken fractures. This season? Right no now, <laughs> he has like God, five Jameis. fractures in his back. And so it was like, it's just going to be a matter of pain tolerance. On. Well, no, because it would be Andy Dalton. Oh, I know, but yeah, I know, but I want to, I want to see taste of them. But apparently, um, apparently, Jameis had like one of the worst games on film. I didn't watch much of this game. It just seemed like it was just kind of gross. But apparently, wow. Jameis put one of the worst games on film that we've seen from any of the quarterbacks. Dude, yeah, one I mean, of the, he is what he is. One of the most lucrative fantasy games this week was Washington at Detroit, thirty-six to twenty-seven. Jared Goff getting it done for fantasy. Carson Wentz getting it done too. He's like a top five quarterback through two weeks. Yeah, try, try top two, bro. He's <laughs> a top two quarterback. Two like 330 yards, three touchdowns again in this one. And all those receivers have been relevant. Samuel McLaurin and Dotson have all been good through two weeks, which I don't know if it, I don't expect that to last throughout a whole season, but that's fool's gold. I think. Yeah. I, I would have to say so. I mean, maybe go sell your, Curtis Samuels, <laughs> who you probably just picked up right now, but I don't, I don't um, know. I would, I would not, I would not be selling Curtis Samuel. I, he's, he's for me definitely a holy. Like he's somebody that I'm excited about. He's been, he's been, he's been like an integral part of that offense through two weeks, like leading the team in target share. What do you think about Jahan Dotson? Because Cameron charted all the first round, second round rookie wide receivers, and Jahan Dotson is just one of the guys that have been smashing through two weeks so far. Yeah. Um, like without going like all the way into it, um, Dotson had, like, he's sort of, he's, he's like not quite as good as some of these other rookies. He's just, he's just had the good fortune of scoring uh, touchdowns. I think he had two in week one and then one in week in week two. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. So, I mean, but he's running, like he's running a ton of routes. Like he's ran like 
he's like a 100% snap share player right now. Like he, he, he's, he's ran more routes than Terry McLaurin on the team. So, so he is, he is their like featured wide receiver, at least in terms of like how often they're sending him out to run routes. He's just not getting a lot of targets on those routes. Um, but he has, he has had the good fortune to score touchdowns. I think that he'll be fine. Yeah. And then on Detroit, dude, Amon Ross St. Brown is just a very good player. And clearly start looking out to be one of the best draft picks in fantasy this season. It's 10 weeks in a row now with 10 targets or more. He's going for the record. He's going for the, he's going for the record uh, this week. If he gets more than eight receptions to be the first player in NFL history to have eight plus receptions in uh, what was it? 11. They're going to get him. So they're going to get him. Do you guys think he's a top five wide receiver rest of the season? Or are you selling high on this performance? I don't know about top five, but. Top ten, top twelve. Yeah, Depends sure. on what selling high is. I mean, if I'm flipping selling him as a top Saint five Brown, as always, yeah. Plus a piece for you know Jamar Chase, then yeah, then yeah. yeah. I mean, but, I feel like if I can get like a genuine top five guy, so any there's, of those like guys, a, there's like a there's like a there's like a there's there's a fun allure to the fact that they're the Lions and it's Amon Ross St. Brown, but it also works against you in that case because not a lot of people are going to be willing to. Like, there's just not many people who are going to go spend a whole bunch for Amara St. Brown, unfortunately. There's just a certain yeah. lion aspect. Like, there's, there's the still, Jameson Williams. Like, honestly, they're thing. probably still, like, in just, like, your work leagues or whatever. Like, they're, they're probably still people that, like, you're playing with that don't even know who this dude is, to be honest. <laughs> they, right. they, like, they, like, wouldn't even know the name. Well, I hope I'm even though his name is literally Sun God. <laughs> but you know what? I, I just want to say I was pretty bullish on the whole Lions situation in the in the in the offseason leading up to the season. I don't know what it was. I wasn't expecting them to necessarily win all of their games, but I said I think they're gonna be fun. And through two weeks, they've been, been I mean, they've been fun, man. They're putting up 30 plus points. They have like the best O-line in football. Like that was the run grade. Yeah. The O-line's incredible. They had, they had weapons. They have the best O-line and they have a terrible defense. It's like three pieces that can lead to fantasy success and and the weapons are good. And it's just going to get better when Jamison Williams comes back. I I still am looking to, to stash Jamison Williams and redraft leagues for a possible like second half explosion. I I still think that could be coming. Do you guys Go, go ahead. ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. I was just, I was just I was going to change the subject. I was going to ask if we if we wanted to talk about DeAndre Swift. Cause... Okay. Well, yeah. Uh, yeah. Quick, so, yeah. Like, so before you do that, I'll talk about the uh, uh, the Commanders' backfield. It was a little concerning because, um, like, so in uh, week one, you look at you look at uh, Gibson and you and you see he's getting all these targets or whatever. Like, okay, like is he finally going to? Is he finally going to get used in the passing game? And like mm-hmm. JD McKissick was kind of phased out. And then week two, they completely flip it again where JD McKissick, JD McKissick, uh, he gets seven targets, seven receptions, runs 21 routes. Like he ran, he ran 10 more routes than he did week one and was super involved. So it seems like uh, maybe the lack of concern or like we're going to have to have the same concern about JD McKissick. Uh, going through this season, it seems like that we have had all along for Antonio Gibson. Yeah, I, I think week one the targets was a little bit of uh, fool's gold there. I just did not expect that to continue all year long. Um, next game, man, uh, not really much to say here. Seattle, San Francisco was a beatdown, except that Trey Lance is down for the year with the the ankle injury. Right? I mean, it's just a shame because I really think. 
we were going to see some great things from him eventually for fantasy. He got the one monsoon game and then right away getting hurt. But right. I guess Fair it's land. like, yeah, it's Jimmy G. He might actually be better for the pieces in San Francisco, though. So that's the main takeaway from the Lance yeah. thing. It's, it's the whole, like, real-life thing where it sucks for the player. Really hope that he recovers. I mean, obviously, this is not what you want to see for a guy to miss his first year because Jimmy G's there and then get hurt his second year. But for fantasy, this is one of those crazy scenarios where, honestly, the only person negatively affected by this, in my eyes, is Trey Lance. Yeah. I think Kittle – gets a step up i think debo gets a step up i think iu gets a step up i think the running backs get a better step for the up. running backs yeah it's better for all those pieces so I'm, i'll be more confident in kittle when he comes back from this injury than i would have with trey lance i would have been kind of worried actually did jeff wilson jr make it to this game unscathed or is he yeah is he, he did okay <laughs> he's a, you he's always the have first to ask one ever. he's the right, first yeah. one ever to make right, it right. price got the the high ankle sprain though so it's just oh, okay. uh jeff wilson and marlon mack now in the backfield yeah <laughs> yeah so yeah so jeff wilson and uh tdp split rushing attempts fairly evenly in this game jeff wilson was much much better on them uh forced five missed tackles had two runs of 10 or more yards um and then yeah, so then you have TDP go down, and Wilson's now you have, yeah. So Wilson's the guy going forward, I think, at least until Mitchell or one of these one of these guys can come back. Like we never know. I mean, we Mitchell don't, I mean, ever like, comes back, right? Like knock on wood for Jeff Wilson. Like this Wilson's, dude is a marked man. Like Wilson's I mean, his probably, days are numbered. <laughs> Wilson's probably like an RB two. Oh my God, from here on out. Yeah. Yeah, top twenty four, I'd say. Sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, Falcons Rams. Uh, we got to bounce back from Allen Robinson a bit. Scored the touchdown early. Cooper Cup does the same stuff, but I mean, scored I mean, two. Dude, scored two. that they was call, that they was call so, that insane penalty. So nauseating. It wasn't a penalty. It wasn't a penalty. Dude. It was, it was a medical stoppage. refs blowing the play dead for oh no reason. God. It was a medical stoppage on a player across the field, not involved in the play. Supposedly, con- they said he was concussed from like the stanchions, from like the skylines. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what? he caught that ball out of the backfield too. That was a weird uh, formation there. That was kind what of. What was cool. the guy doing? Like. How, how can they like look down and tell that a guy's been cut? I, he, he must have been around? like he must have been staring <laughs> at his fingers or something. Yeah, yeah. Was it, like, like, where are my keys? I don't know. Oh <laughs> my god, that's crazy. But dude, the biggest takeaway in this game is Drake London is an animal, and uh, he just great from you know the, the second he got on a field in the NFL, he's just been awesome. And yeah, he's London, London, he's out producing Kyle Pitts drastically through two weeks, which. I don't think continues all season long, but um, I'd say for Dynasty, this is a good time to go try to buy Kyle Pitts, possibly, because I think it'll become closer than that. But I'm still not sure if Kyle Pitts will ever be the alpha now on this. So Drake Lennon is getting like a 30-something percent target share right now. Yeah, so four. There's four... Not, enough, not enough meat on this bone on the Falcons for two guys to be like right. studly for fantasy. Yeah. For uh, Dynasty, to me, what this does, it like it opens the door to you even being able to have the conversation with the Pitts owner. Like, yeah. I mean, like before this little two-game stretch, there was just absolutely no way that you were going to get them unless it was just a godfather offer. Now, I think you can go in and you may find like 10 or 15% of your Pitts owners are going to be a little bit concerned. But for Dynasty, like no concern. Uh, it's just it's just seems like it's going to be a case where whenever um, – uh, Bryce Young or like one of these one of these uh, 2023 quarterbacks comes in 
they're yep. just immediately going to have two elite weapons. They're going to have like a generational mm-hmm. tight end and they're going to have uh, a top 10 wide receiver who's crushing through two weeks. Yeah. For me, the biggest story out of this game is the turnaround on the Rams backfield. Cam Akers oh. right away comes out and like he's the guy now. Like it's it, Ooh, it's, no. it's it, a 50-50 split now. No, hold on. Let me look at this. Uh, so in terms of the routes run, you had Akers running eight routes, and I don't see any for Daryl Henderson. And then in terms of rushing, you had 15 attempts for Akers and 10 for Henderson. So I mean, dude, it's, it's like it's like a 65-35 split. Yeah, and I expect no, – I don't, and I, I don't believe that. And Henderson out snapped him here. Well, yeah, but – snaps snaps we don't care about snaps no, you just you're come looking in at and when they're on the field like whatever. usage usage can vary from game to game on henderson you know. was also twice as efficient on his carries but who cares yeah. about that right yeah so 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 i believe that acres is going to be the guy going forward i believe that this is that this is the first the first step in like that direction and i believe that they drafted game makers to be the guy that we've seen them with a healthy henderson and a healthy acres in the past give acres all of the work um I hope we'll so. see what happens yeah, like we'll see what happens. Um, I think I think it's pretty clear that the Rams are not the team we thought they would be offensively, and therefore whoever is the guy probably isn't going to be as valuable as we were thinking in the offseason. I think they'll be. I mean, they put up. I mean, they put up thirty-one points in the game. Like they had, they had, they had like a bad game against what looks like an yeah, unbeatable team. And their O line, they've always had a, they've always had a stacked O line and an amazing run scheme. We haven't seen that to this point in the year whatsoever. I, yeah. I think yeah. it's going to be more or less a 50-50 split here. So m- trying to find which guy to start any given week is is going to be difficult. I mean, that seems where it's heading to me. I mean, that's what that's what I saw from this week. That's not what it was, though. Like 15 to 10 uh, rush attempts. And then, like I said, with the receiving, Cam Akers, two targets, and Daryl Henderson, zero. And okay, Daryl Henderson – I mean, I'm just saying. Yeah, a couple <laughs> like, more opportunities, but they're they're sharing drives, though. I mean, the next week it'll be Henderson with a few more opportunities. We'll see. We'll uh, see. Fortunately, Acres Acres looks like he sucks, man. I hate Tyler Higby. It, Tyler Higby too. I don't want to uh, talk about it. back to back nine targets in week two, like like eleven in week one. We got to talk about three targets start. at the tight end position. <laughs> I think I'm starting him. I mean, like until I see no, him, you probably are because tight ends definitely. are terrible. I'm tight ends. definitely but, starting but him. But those are all – I hope you realize those are all of Robinson's targets that you're hoping Robinson would get at, through two weeks are going to Higby. He's getting absolutely hammered. That's crazy. Yeah. I don't know if that continues like that for the rest of the season. I guess you can start probably him. Probably not. No, no. Higby Higby's bad. I don't know just, what's going on here. I just know but, Higby's going to disappoint you if you turn to him uh, to be your fantasy tight end. Uh, I'm pretty sure of it. <laughs> Dude, uh, Houston at the at Broncos here. Russ was 14 of 31 after he lost Jerry Judy. And the only takeaway I have here is that I don't think Nathaniel Hackett is a good coach at all. And it's the team is a mess right now. They barely squeaked it's out. Been a rough game. start for sure. Do you think the Broncos kept their receipt from their purchase? Can they take him back to the store? <laughs> <laughs> Give him back to Green Bay. Be like, look. We didn't, yeah, know, they no, didn't the get Aaron Rodgers. Not the Hackett purchase, the Wilson purchase. Oh, oh both of them. That one was way more expensive. <laughs> both of them. I don't yeah, know. I, yeah, I don't know what the deal was with Hackett. Like, I think I really think they were trying to like get an inside lane on the Aaron Rodgers thing. Maybe. I, no, I 100% no, think that. Cam, Cameron, Cameron. When we were telling you in the game, this man literally let a delay of game happen on a 50-yard field goal, <laughs> and they got pushed back, and then had to switch to a punt. Dude. 
Like they just handed three points away. That was just one of the things he did. There was like a million delay of games in in that game. Last week too, he botched the ending. Basically, lost them the game. Horrible. He yeah, that one I saw. He ran a he ran a triple option handoff on an end around to his fullback, who had a pitch option to Javante on third and one, and they lost yards on it. I mean, not the fullback, dude. The backup tight end. It was that guy. Uh, the whoever back. Beck. Yeah, Beck. it was whoever Beck. Beck is the H back. Why is why is and I'm like so I'm looking here. Kendall Hinton is out there running twenty five routes. Well, oh, Jerry, Jerry Judy was gone. Yeah. Okay. Okay. But I, I mean, the positive takeaway is Cortland Sutton, 11 targets, 122 yards. So, I mean, when Judy was gone, it was obvious, but he was definitely seeing the alpha target share, which was good at least. So I still am happy with uh, Cortland Sutton rest of season, but just in general, as a team, it's not great. And the backfield is more or less uh, just an even split here, slightly in favor of Javante. I mean, if you drafted Russ as your Q, as your QB in fantasy, are you guys looking to pivot? Are you guys looking to pick someone up? I mean, I'm unless there's a better option, which there probably isn't. Um, but if I'm maybe like Tua or Russ next week, that's that a good question. I mean, Tua plays Buffalo, so I'm, no, yeah, not next yeah, week. I'm hesitant. I'm hesitant for Tua. But... Bad matchup, but I think I still go um, Russ over most guys. Like your other options might be like Jared. definitely. Mario. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Yeah, so I'm looking at it so far. Like Russ has been good for long enough that you have yeah. to give him the benefit of the doubt here. I am. Uh, he's, I am. Like he's still in his prime too. Like there's really just no reason to think that he's just all of a sudden just going to be horrible. Like there's no major injury. The weapons mm-hmm. are good. Uh, he's, he's second in NFL in deep ball attempts, second in NFL in red zone attempts. Um, he's passing it a lot. The protection's good. Ton of air yards. So like, I mean, for me in Superflex, like Russ would be a buy. Like I don't, I don't really go out and try to trade for quarterbacks in one QB. But uh, for me in Superflex, I think that Russ could be like like a potential guy that I would be interested in buying. Yeah, I'm not worried about Russ himself. I'm more worried about the play calling from Hackett and the decision making there as a coach, which could maybe hold him back. It could take a while for the Broncos to really get the get the swing of things. You know, mm-hmm. sometimes it's got to be. An... No, go ahead. I was no, just saying it's, it's been. Time, yeah. It's been pretty, it's been pretty alarming. Just, it's just a team that we came in with very high expectations. And yeah, sometimes teams come in a little bit lower than they were expected, but this team has had all of, this team has had all of the moments of a really, really bad team. And they're in a great division. It seems like, out wins. It seems like to me, this is an issue where like, you're not gonna like, you'll be able to see it like looking at the stats and stuff, but like with how badly Hackett's doing and all of this, it seems like it might be like a whole team issue. Like even, even, even like, even like off the field, right? Like that there's that, like it's unclear who the leader is. Like maybe there's some, I don't know. I'm getting those vibes from it actually. Just what you said. Yeah. Yeah. Like, and, and maybe it'll take some time to gel, uh, through two weeks. It has to be annoying if you drafted, uh, like Javante Williams early, how involved Melvin Gordon still is. <laughs> yeah. That's why I didn't want to draft him. I mean, if he gets the backfield to himself, it's going to be phenomenal, but until then it's just going to keep frustrating you, even though he'll have good weeks. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But you know, one of the best games this week was the Cardinals at Raiders Cardinals overtime win, dude. That offense looked atrocious for half a game. And then Kyler Murray, I mean, the offensive line was still bad all game long, but Kyler put the team on his back and just 
willed them to a win. It was pretty just fun to watch. Made made like four consecutive plays to win the game that they absolutely so had to have. So many insane plays. Those two two point conversions. He can he converted. It was crazy. Unbelievable. Yeah, 16 the, seconds. It was yeah, 16 that must have been seconds. the longest two-point conversion in NFL. He ran 85 yards, and it was 16 <laughs> seconds. That two Somebody, some uh, scout or another on uh, Twitter pulled up, like, they're, like, scouting notes from when they were watching Kyler Murray play at uh, Oklahoma. And he said that he that uh, Kyler Murray, when he runs, looks like a toddler that stole your phone. And it's, like, and it's, and it's like running away from you. And it's yes. so perfect because I've always thought like, man, something about this dude is, he the so way tiny? He runs is so odd. Yeah, <laughs> and like, that is, that is 100% perfect. Yeah. Cause he's so fast, but like, he's so small. So it looks like he's even faster than he is. It looks, like yeah. it looks like a his long, legs, his legs just, it's, it's like crazy so that quick. like a guy that a guy like Traylon Burks, for example, like when like he gets up to speed, is running just as fast as Kyler Murray, but you would never know it in a million years. Like yeah, he takes like like a I mean, like a big dude takes like one step and that equals like seven of Kyler Murray. Yeah, exactly. It's just the short, really quick strides. Just <laughs> looks like it the kinda, flash. It kind of looks. That's kind of how Tyreek looks when he runs too. Same. Yeah. Same. Yeah, short guy. Yeah, for <laughs> sure. But, uh, dude, uh, James Conner gets hurt in the game. It became Eno Benjamin, Daryl Williams splitting time. So, something to monitor what happens with Conner. It Connor. doesn't sound like Conner's going to miss any time. Really? Maybe a week at most, right? Did I hear that it was like a high ankle thing for Conner, though? It's a, no. No? It's, it's not, not considered okay. serious or long-term, but it is an ankle injury. So, it could be a couple okay. weeks, maybe. They haven't – we okay. don't know much yet. So, we'll okay. say that. Um, so, on the Raiders side, yeah, Devontae Adams, seven targets, only two catches. He bailed you out with a touchdown. Really not too worried. He still got the targets. I, you know, I don't think he can command, you know, the target share at the same pace he was week one all year long. So seems mm-hmm. like just more variance to me. I think he'll be totally fine. Yeah. Uh, and in, in terms of uh, the Raiders' rushing game, it does look like through two weeks that Josh Jacobs is still the absolute bell cow. At yeah, least for sure. Around. Um, uh, I, I had sort of expected that maybe we'd see more of a split. It doesn't look like that's going to happen. So you're not seeing yeah. uh, Zamir white at all. He got one carry through two weeks. Not, yeah. Not at all. Yeah. Brandon Bolden wasn't involved. Amir Abdullah was out there, I think for like a few routes, like a handful of routes. Um, Josh Jacobs isn't getting a lot of passing game work either. Nobody out of the backfield really is, but, mm-hmm. um, what's available in the backfield is going like purely to Josh oh, Jacobs. So. Yeah. The targets might start coming. As the season goes on, it's a little fluky that they've only like targeted running backs once or twice a game. Mm-hmm. I don't know, but there's so many. Something I was wrong about for two weeks here. for sure. Yeah. No, I mean we had that debate about Josh Jacobs or Miles Sanders. I, I still think you know actually. I think I take close Sanders. after this past week. We'll get to him soon because he had a great game as well. <laughs> yeah. But oh, dude, you know on the live stream we do with Deese. He called it. His Cowboys would beat the Cincinnati Bengals, and it actually came true. I know that was a homer pick there. But yeah, <laughs> does he call it every week? Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> okay. But against the Bengals, it was ridiculous. It's like but... Michael Irvin called it, too. What the, <laughs> yeah, yeah. What, the heck, Dude, what the heck do we make of these Bengals? The Bengals' offensive line is still a complete mess. Six sacks. All right. Will they? They'll be all right. Yeah, yeah for sure. I think so. Dude, but... Burrow's, Burrow's on pace to be sacked like 300 times this year. <laughs> yeah, it's insane. Yeah, I'm, I don't know. Like, he made it work last year. Like, so, no, so I think something... the offense will be all right, but I don't think the offensive line is going to be good. I was watching I was watching the Rich Eisen show, and he, he made a good point. He said, 
he said he thinks Joe Burrow has a good chance to be the next Andrew Luck. And I think he might be right. Yeah. If I mean, just, this guy is getting brutalized. He's just taking just such a beating. There's only so many times that, you know, these quarterbacks yeah. are so vulnerable when they get hit. It's not like running backs. You know, those guys are, are trained and they, and they try to protect Yeah, running themselves. backs are like 220 pounds of beef. <laughs> right. And they're trained to protect themselves to the best of their ability. These quarterbacks right. are like, you're supposed to step into the throw and leave your body on the line or whatever. But there's only so many times you can have a 250 pound guy drive <laughs> until eventually your you're Andrew Luck. <laughs> right. Until I think, you're Andrew Luck. I think for general, though, fantasy purposes, I'm not worried at all with Cincinnati. I mean, everything you wanted to see outside of them not playing well, like Higgins, 10 targets, Chase, nine targets, uh, Mixon, 19 carries, four targets. So those guys are getting the workload. And They'll be fine for fantasy, but they yeah. might have Hayden problems Hurst. as a team with the amount of times Joe Burrow is going on the ground. Well, the thing, of, the thing about Burrow too is that like last year, um, he was so so good against the rush. Like he was like he he really could have been like in the running for a, 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 a MVP. Just like how how much he was really doing on his own. He was he was he was the highest PFF uh, quarterback uh, last year, and a lot of that had to do with how often guys were getting in the backfield and he would just extend a play, make a play on his own, hang in there and like bomb it 50 yards to chase or whatever. So I think that like some regression from that was inevitable, but I didn't expect mm-hmm. it to be this bad. And I expect that they'll with, with how potent that offense still is, like I got to think that they'll eventually turn it around. I think, yeah, it, I, I, I think a, an interesting topic it really quickly is Hayden Hurst. I think Hayden Hurst is actually through two weeks seems to kind of be the number three option out of the receivers mm-hmm. he's had seven targets both week one and week two and for a tight mm-hmm. end i mean that's about what hawkinson is getting so that's a pretty big deal he's uh, a viable expect, tight end play yeah if we expect yeah. this offense to improve which we do because burrows really had some down numbers the last the first two weeks and if that target share stays the same he could be uh he could be a really sneaky like you know dalton schultz level tight end yeah her, uh, down her, the line yeah, Hurst, I feel the same way about Higby, basically. Like, like uh, they're both guys getting hyper-targeted early right. in uh, what, we, what we think is a good offense. Mm-hmm. On the Dallas side, though, I just – I'll say one thing. I'm feeling good about my extreme Ezekiel Elliott fade before the season. That guy it's, sucks. He's just – he's not looking good. And, I mean, he's actually getting he's... carries, but he's not getting targets. And uh, it's two straight weeks with 5.9 fantasy points it is just such nice i think tony pollard is actually he's at an advantage by being in the same backfield as ezekiel elliott because there is such a night and day the cheerleader effect when pollard comes in (laughs) it is so night and day when you have this sloth running and then you stand next to your ugly fan in a picture and you look better you bring in pollard and it's just like oh look someone who's actually capable of getting yards like right. Zeke is so slow. It's crazy. And uh they're gonna split the the timeshare uh going forward. It was it's basically been a 50-50 split for the most part. You love college usage in the passing game as well. Yeah, I mean, you you yeah, love week, that. And week one, it looked it looked uh rough for Pollard. He did get a little more involvement uh here. This is still this is still at least on the ground 100 percent Zeke's backfield. Like he like doubled up Pollard, I think, in week two, even. Uh, but Pollard stole a goal line carry. I know yeah. he put and, them in that and, position. And, and Pollard did a hell of a lot more with the touches too. Yeah. So no, they both had 17 opportunities for Zeke. Pollard had 16. So it was more or less close, but Pollard is yeah, definitely the featured in right. through the air. Yeah. Right. 
Um, okay, then the Sunday night game was Chicago, Green Bay. And, dude, all you can say about Chicago is it's a pitiful passing game. Seven for 11, Cute. 70 yards. And this is why I had Justin Fields ranked so low because I think I projected him for like just over 3,000 yards through the air. Dude, so there's far, no way that you projected him for this though. Like this, this is like, this is like 1945 offense. Like I, I know like 11 times, right? I, I, well, I'm saying he's, like, whole game. he's pacing out to probably 11 attempts, 3,000 yards. What? Yeah. what is that? They Dude, were it's going to get better, but. We just, won 17 no, attempts. No, Dude, you know like, what this is? This is, this is. Our team is terrible, and we went out and we got a defensive head coach. Our only player that we have faith in is our running back. So Bro. we're going to continue well, handing dude, him the ball and try to play defense and stay in so the game. What? You so what? Bill Belichick's a defensive head coach. He lets he lets okay. Matt Jones throw it 20 times. When, when you're throwing the ball to Equinemius St. <laughs> Brown. Was wild. When you're throwing was the ball windy? to Windy? No. No. It was fine. <laughs> yeah. Dude, when you're throwing the ball to Equinemius St. Brown, Dante Pettis, Ryan Griffin. Cole Komet, like this is what's going to happen. It's just well, he's worse. not throwing the ball to Cole Komet, to be fair. No, no. right. Yeah, he's he not gonna throw the ball because guys. yeah, you Nobody don't want has like, a, has like a point and a half through two weeks. Cole Komet is not good. <laughs> yeah, between uh, Cole Komet and uh Daryl, Dar- we don't know if he's good. They're not, they're not, they're no. not throwing the ball. We, we don't know if it, I mean this like this is insane. Like, I like to me, this seems like are you guys trying to tank? Because like uh, this yeah, is how you do it. I hope they realize – I hope Justin – Justin Fields is going to get just absolutely screwed here because – Yeah, unfortunately. He's going to get replaced. This quarterback yeah, class yeah. is too good. They're going to be picking so high. And I think that Fields' tools are like – almost like like Cam Newton level. Uh, oh, yeah, the tools are and it, and it And it sucks to see him getting squandered like this. Like, he just he – just, like, he, you know, like we could easily look back as early as next year and say like, hmm. well, sucks. But yeah, like they drafted someone Maybe else. Fields will Fields will probably be the quarterback for the Panthers next year. Dude, this might be. Hope so. Yeah, yeah, maybe. <laughs> Let's get it going. This might be the. I don't know if I've ever seen. What they should have like done, but, like they should have drafted him when they took Horn or whatever. I know, but yeah. Mooney and Komet were the top two drafted passing weapons. You know, they've played all the snaps here. Combined, they've seen seven total targets, two catches for four yards. Yeah, These are they're number the one and two. And again, through. Through two weeks, there have been 28 available targets, right? Like we yeah. have, we have, we have wideouts in other teams, I'm sure, that have like already seen close to that. Waddle had two weeks this on week. their own. Yeah, Waddle, Waddle had, had 19 targets week. this week. Yeah, that's crazy, <laughs> terrible. But on the Green Bay side, man, Aaron Jones, a- AJ Dillon, and Aaron Jones are still splitting. But Aaron Jones is just the better player. I mean, he, so he had he was so electric in this game, and Dylan wasn't really well. Yeah. And we're talking about Zeke being slow. Like I've seen enough of AJ Dillon. Like I think I think that he's good and like he has a role and stuff. He is not explosive. No, I, not like, at all. He is he is just he is not explosive. I think that like if like you give him a big runway and like you get to see that 40 time kick in, then yeah, sure. Like he can be a big like Derrick Henry. Like guy Derrick Henry. Yeah. Right Doesn't there, have the right burst there. though. He does not have the burst at all. Like he he can like for a guy his size, he can like hop step around and stuff quite well. But like Man, he just cannot get going. And Aaron, like, he's being so outperformed by Aaron Jones on the ground. It was ridiculous seeing the contrast between the way they looked on the field. I mean, Aaron Jones still has all of that explosiveness. It's insane. And Aaron Jones is going to continue to get the majority of the passing work out of the backfield, too. Like, this is why everyone was overreacting to week one. 
I was I was still pretty dug in on Aaron Jones. I uh, I definitely yeah. think he's going to have a really nice year. So I still want to. The thing. Like, I, I close like they're running the same amount of routes. They're getting the same amount oh, of targets. Like I th- I think I think through like two weeks, AJ Dillon I think has I think has more targets than Aaron he Jones, does. But. He has more opportunities. So I would just want to say I want to play both of them still. I mean AJ Dillon looked I think so, bad here, I think but so too, yeah. you want to play both <laughs> of them. I mean they're both they both got nearly twenty opportunities in this game, or they did actually eighteen yeah, for yeah. Jones, twenty one for Dillon. So it's it's a massive workload going to both of these guys. And I think it's one of those situations where you play both the running backs on the team. Yeah. Because the Jones, wide receivers. Maybe... Yeah. The so, wide receivers are just. I was horrible. paying close attention. Literally every, every different drive was two different wide receivers on the field. They rotate these two wide receiver sets. They're all playing right. about like 40% of the snaps or something like that. And I think it's really. Don't want to play any of them. It's really funny in retrospect to look back at draft season this past April, where we were just, all we could talk about was how excited we were to get our hands on the golden goose. Who's going to land up? Who's going to be drafted by the Packers? Who's going to be drafted by the chiefs? You get, you got to get them in your rookie drafts. They're going to be, and here we are with two teams that just either they suck or they just, (laughs) it doesn't matter because the chiefs and the Packers are just like spreading like butter across the toast. So apparently, apparently like uh, I heard after the draft, I think it was Ian Rappaport that, that said this on like the Pat McAfee show that apparently uh, the Packers wanted Traylon Burks in the draft badly. Yeah, I heard that. And man, I wish that would have happened. Dude, they could have. But, they could have gotten him. They they had the firepower to trade up for him if they really wanted he, him. He would be dominating. <clears throat> they weren't expecting Tennessee receiver. to take it. They weren't expecting Tennessee to. Take yeah, that trade receiver, came out of nowhere. They yeah, traded that on draft night. They should have went. Yeah, but when and all the, Packers, the five guys the went Packers, down, they should have traded up for him. When yeah, were flying so the off Packers the just don't, just don't, just don't trade up though. Uh, I mean, Christian Watson it, reeks it of consolation prize. They traded yeah. up for Watson though, which is weird. The second round, yeah, I know, man, man, uh, yeah, like, and this is this is what we talked about with um with this uh, like receiver room all off season, and especially as we started getting into like draft seasons, is, is that is that target share tends to stay stable like there's it like like alan lazard for example right like he's had what like a 15 percent. i don't know like what like his career high is or whatever but like it it's not going to be a case where all of a sudden there's all these vacated targets and oh one guy's going to get them all they're going to be they're going to be widely um spread out right right? and it's and and it's also i mean like it's also for aaron jones people were saying like oh he could be like an 18 19 20 percent target share guy not gonna happen man like like this is what it's gonna look like i think it's um, it's like the Chiefs situation actually, but even worse for fantasy. <laughs> yeah, because at least the Chiefs involved. at least the Chiefs are almost a shoe in for three hundred plus passing yards every week and and a and a decent amount of touchdowns. Yeah. Right, they throw the ball a lot more. The wide receivers are a little better. Mm-hmm. Um, but let's move on to the Monday night games. Tennessee got absolutely pummeled by Buffalo here. They didn't score until, or they scored once in the first quarter and not again. Uh man, Dude, nothing to say about the Bills. Does, the Bills how, are, yeah, the Bills are one of the best teams I've ever seen in football. This year. <laughs> like they're just ridiculously good on both sides of the ball. I mean, yeah, so much years, firepower sure. on offense, so dominant on defense. It's actually insane. What were you gonna say, Ian? I I was just gonna say I'm completely speechless at how bad Tennessee looks. Like they. First, if you told me that this team through two weeks that this was the one seed in their in their conference last year, I would just I would just ask what happened. 
Like this so, team looks like they lost their quarterback, like their starting quarterback in preseason or something. They they are so bad. They lost their their team lived yeah, by the offensive line and, and running back, and they lost everybody on their offensive line. And even last yeah. night, Taylor Lewan got out yeah early. Yeah, so yeah. They, they, they have nobody. They're like they went from like a top five offensive line to maybe one of the worst in football, just like the Bucks. Yeah, like they couldn't do anything to stop the rush. Um, it doesn't. And then I mean, like the sense that I got uh, like strategically for their offense is that they still want to be the Titans of that we've seen over the last couple of uh, like three seasons, where they just hammer you with Derrick Henry. They hammer you. With they Derrick want us Henry. to remember the they Titans. Do. <laughs> exactly good one and it ain't and it, and it ain't gonna happen like this ain't gonna be no disney movie ending this year <laughs> like like as bad as we've talked about with zeke and this AJ looks Dylan. like a porn hub ending uh, yeah, this, is, this is this is midsummer everybody <laughs> <Yeah>. dies <laughs> yes no bro yeah like derrick henry i mean he looks bad bro like there uh, and like he's a like Keeping it real, he's always looked bad, except for the big long runs. And like he may still have a couple of them. Like, I want to see what he looks like once he gets out to the open field, see if he still has like the Derrick Henry classic pull away speed. But mm-hmm. like, man, like, and I really think that they're gonna go down with the ship that Vrabel is just literally game 17, gonna be handing it off to Derrick Henry 15 times for two yards spot. Oh, what's yeah. his what's his option? His option is gonna? They're gonna what, let that. Ryan Tannehill pass the passing. Ball 40 times. No, eventually yeah. Traylon Burks is either Traylon Burks is either gonna have to take over and dominate or this team goes nowhere. Is basically how I see it because the defense is not good enough. The offensive line is trash. They're not gonna have the same impact running Derrick Henry up the middle 50 times game. So <laughs> I mean, you're gonna have to do something. And Robert Woods also looks like he's shot. Yeah, Robert Woods, yeah, uh, like does not look good either. Um, it's rough for them. Uh, do you, think, do you guys think Willis comes in this year? Yes, I think I think so. probably. He came in last night. <laughs> yeah, like he came in last night, but I think that was more about just – Oh, yeah, no, that was, that was just garbage time. Line. But I think if, you know – You think like, in the next couple of weeks? If they're like three and six, then yeah. You know? Yeah, because I think I think they do need to uh, like do some evaluation and see what they have with Willis. Um, I think they're – I think they're I think it's pretty clear at this point, at least even through like two weeks, I think that, that, uh, that we can say now that they will probably move on from Ryan Tannehill. Uh, um, just looks oh, rough. No man. No, yeah. no. The only thing they say for the Bills, Stefan Diggs is incredible, but did all of James Cook's carries come in like garbage come time? Late. He actually yeah, they led did. the way. Okay, so I think yeah, he wasn't involved him. at all until the right. first quarter. So that's good to see at least, but yeah, he's still clearly the third guy. They still I can't run much. the ball. They still can't run the ball. That is the doesn't one matter. Achilles heel of his team. I mean, yeah, yeah, it doesn't matter in the grand scheme of things. But we, for fantasy purposes, we can still sit here and say that the Bills still cannot run the ball. And Josh they don't Owen even try to game. run the ball. They don't. Right. They know who they no. are. Right. So something I want to say, too, uh, just to point out in uh, like the Bills passing game, Jake Kumaro came in and he ran 34 routes. So – what that tells me is that Gabe Davis is going to have a big year. That oh, I was, yeah. that I was, that I was totally off on Gabe Davis. He's going to be a full time player. Yeah. Like you take an L on that one. I am, yeah, one hundred percent. Through like, through one one game and one sat out game. No, he's yes, right. Definitely. He's right. Well, no, because the theory on Gabe Davis was that he he is he like he's not going to he's not going to just like grow into like a twenty five percent target share dude. He's going to grow into a full utilization, running every single route guy. He and is. Then, just and then just that happening in that offense being a red zone weapon being a deep threat 
will be enough for him to outperform ADP and potentially have like a wide receiver, like 15 type of season. So like we've seen Gabe Davis in week one, run every single route. And then we saw his direct backup, Jake Kumaro, a guy who's a journeyman come in mm-hmm. and try to replicate that and run every single route. So they have, right. like they have a role that, I mean, he, I mean, so it's like a role it's, on the offense and he's going to fill it. Yeah, you're right. Yes, exactly. For sure. And then the final game, we had two Monday nighters, Minnesota at Philly. And again, Philly looks dominant as well. And Jalen Hurts for MVP, man. Like it might come down to like Josh Allen, Justin Herbert, and Jalen Hurts this year. Yeah. Yes. Jalen Hurts was a uh, popular offseason long shot for MVP. And those tickets are live for sure. Two was the front runner. Yeah. So, man, Devontae Smith. Is he? Two. Uh, <laughs> Oh my is he God. Re- no, he's not. Shut up. <laughs> no, I mean, if you pace out what he's done so far, get out of here. But... he's on pace for 7,500 yards. So you talk about get out of here. I don't know what the bigger storyline is how good the Eagles looked or how bad Minnesota looked. Uh, Bro, it's primetime Kirk Cousins. Go buy all the Vikings. Right. I think that's what I'm taking out of it. Okay. Any panic from Dalvin Cook because he just wasn't able to get going and they just had to oh. turn away from him. I'm not Bye. panicked, but yeah. Definitely not. No, he's I agree. still the workhorse. Oh, the highlights. What was that? <laughs> Eagles we got sound effects now. My computer's my computer's trying to play the Eagle highlights here from Monday night. Go, go <laughs> the production go value. Buy, yeah, go buy all of the all of these guys. It was very interesting. I was watching the end of that game because I had a fantasy matchup that was coming down to the wire. Spoiler alert: I lost. Dylan because too. Just, because Justin right. Jefferson the, didn't. Yeah, he did. Yeah, that was the night before. Justin, oh, because night Justin before, Jefferson okay. was. Uh, I needed like eight points out of them and it just, it wasn't happening because they just, it was so bad that Kirk even gave up on throwing the ball to Justin Jefferson. He was just throwing it to Adam Thielen because I guess Darius Slay is just Darius Slay locked him up. He He got 12 targets. They tried to get him the ball. It just wasn't working. He was never open. two, Two of those targets was Kirk Cousins off his back foot, burping the ball at Justin Jefferson for the last two plays of the game trying to like throw him a back pylon fade and Kirk couldn't even do that right. Like he couldn't even throw a 50, 50 ball last night. He was that off. So maybe one of the biggest takeaways here for me and Cameron's going to love it, but Miles Sanders was used as a workhorse, even when they were up big, he dominated Kenneth Gainwell and Boston Scott, you know, it wasn't so cut and dry week one, but this week it was all Sanders and the guy has always looked good when he's out there. It's just been a question of how much he can get the ball. Uh, but he's all targets as well, 17 carries. So, you know, he's a yeah. low end RB2 for sure, rest of season at least. Yeah, 22 snaps compared to eight total for the rest of the running backs, 17 attempts compared to six total for the rest of the running backs. And in the passing game, uh, uh, Miles Sanders was the only, I oh, don't know, three targets to three total for the rest of the running backs. And he ran the majority of the routes by far. So, That's big uh, news. it's good to see. I mean, he's Goddard part of, had a decent game. Yeah, Goddard did. Devontae Smith, dude, it's just this offense is is loaded. It's a good and, offense. Everybody's eating, man. It's Golden Corral right now. It, it really is a good <laughs> offense. I mean, they're gonna Line run up. away. They're gonna <laughs> run away with the NFC East. Yeah, right? I mean, be no contest. Yeah, I think so as well. There, hurts. There like, looks like a different guy from last year. Yeah, they're like they're like Bills light right now. Like they're just impossible to defend. They've got they've got they've got weaponry everywhere, and then you've Running got a guy in the backfield. Yeah, that can that Swing can just in the ball take deep. off and take off and get 10, 20 yards at any time he wants. Yeah, Jalen Hurts is fun to watch right now. And uh, sure. yeah, Nick Sirianni seems to have built something good here. 
the the addition of AJ Brown cannot be like understated here or not be two first round draft picks. Yeah, two, two next year. Yeah, they have the Saints first round too. Wow, Howie Roseman's the goat. What are you talking about? They have two the first Eagles. round picks next year. The Eagles in twenty three. Oh, is that because they don't get their picks stripped away for talking to forty five year old quarterbacks? <laughs> no, no, Roseman's the goat, man. Yeah, Roseman is yeah. a great GM. The Dolphins would be sitting in that spot with two picks too, but fucking NFL. <laughs> and not stay only salty. that, but they they get the last laugh. Yeah, about yeah I will stay salty about that <laughs> bullshit. You know, oh, Roseman is the goat because. Not only that, but he gets the Watch last laugh on the Jalen Reger situation because Jalen Reger ends up on Minnesota and they they absolutely crushed him last night. Dude, <laughs> how about the crowd booing the guy? It's yeah. not bad enough that Bro, you were a first really? round bus taking the know. pick before Justin Jefferson. Philly you know, fans, fans are, are the worst. Philly fans, fans are the worst. Catches and they boo you. Yeah, yeah. The Philly fans are the worst, and he's Eagles he, fans he, are like, brutal. He like he's been bad for so long too. Is the thing is like. Like he's not some guy that like that like hurt your franchise leaving. Like, like, get like over if anything, it, yeah. if he anything, like you got a draft catch. pick for him, right? He had like, one get... catch for seven yards. Uh, they got no. more than the freaking da- than the Cowboys got for Amari Cooper for him. They should be thanking him. Yeah, they yeah, did. Right, like they, did. they got way too much for him. That's why. That's why Roseman is is incredible. Yeah, one catch for seven yards. All right. Anything else to go through here? Takeaways on the week. I think that's the games. Yeah. yeah, no, that's everything. Uh boy. What do we got Thursday night this week coming up? I haven't checked the games. I know you got okay. I don't so, know game, I'm sure. I don't Giants think it's Dow- Cowboys on Mon- Giants Cowboys on Monday night. Are we playing Kadarius Tony for the, okay, for the on, repeat man. game? <laughs> Stop it. Stop it. Stop it. I'm just kidding. That would be no, funny if not. he drops two hundred on digs again. Yeah, I know. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. It's gonna happen and then guys. he'll go right back to being a guys. Prepare yourself tomorrow for Thursday night. We have Steelers Browns because I know that I I know that you people were asking for offense, but we gave you something better than that. You people, nothing, <laughs> dude. I I don't even think I have owned one Steeler or Browns player across all my five leagues to play. I have Pickens a couple places. I have Pickens a couple places. But he's about him. ready to. He's about ready to hit the. Hit the dusty trail. I oh, think. I do have Hunt in one place, so he could be good. Yeah, Hunt and Chubb will have good games probably. <laughs> yeah, so that's going to wrap it up, though. Another week in the books, man. It's so good to have football back. Honestly, I'm really happy to be able to Definitely. be doing these shows. We're going over week by week. Week two was a lot better time for me and probably for you guys than week one was. So here's to uh, some good football games rest of season. And make sure to like and subscribe. Keep following along with the channel. Uh, we'll make sure to get out your questions on the Friday show, uh, which will be out on Saturday, actually. Uh, we'll answer any start sick questions, uh, waiver questions, trade questions, especially any kind of dynasty roster construction questions. That's kind of our special. Yeah, get the dynasty questions in here. Yeah, that's where we can help you out more with, at least. Dynasty questions. In yeah, yeah. Draft Trey Lance, guys. Drop George Pickens. Yeah. <laughs> but, Just drop them. Yeah. But then we'll see you then though. Take care. See ya. See ya.